0: Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City,
1: New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.
2: San Antonio district judge resigns after a
3: federal corruption probe. A former San Antonio, Texas judge goes to federal prison after pleading guilty to accepting bribes in exchange for rigging cases
2: in his court. Angus McGinty committed the ultimate judicial sin. Why did you do it?
4: I did it because I was foolish.
2: Listen to How to Bribe a Judge on revolverpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. The John Anik and Kenny Florian Podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I fucking love them.
4: I can't get
3: enough of them. Let's
2: hear that for the next. Big job there from Duffy
1: and Brett Mears. Hurt now up.
2: Absolutely self involved bullshit artists Here are your hosts, John Annick and Kenny Florian.
0: Oh, here we go, folks. Here we go. Sorry for the delay. About 3 35 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday, August 2nd, 2021. Episode 311 of the Annick and Florian podcast. Ken Flow in that plush office there in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm at my mother's house. So, uh, I'm in my mother's basement. Actually, no, I'm not. There are no basements in Florida. (laughs) There's Anik broadcasting from his mom's basement again. (laughs) So so it's great to see you. It's great to see you. I have a lot to get to. So I'm here for a few different reasons. We're having some electrical work done at our house. I didn't want to chance the Wi-Fi. Mom lives 22 minutes away. So here we are. Hopefully the microphone sounds OK today. Pretty windy and rainy outside, so I apologize for uh, for any extracurricular noise. Um, but we got a lot to get to today. I was at Disney World yesterday, but that's not the lead today. And anything that Kenny Florian puts out there on Instagram is uh, is free for me, right? At Kenny Florian is the handle. If you're not following already. Pumped to have this in-home office ready for training and filming. Big thank you to Fuji Mats and the handsome Ed Gilmer, Ken Flo didn't write <laughs> handsome, for helping to make this happen. So, all right. I mean, there are a lot of dreams out there. Um, <clears throat> this has got to be a dream come true. I mean, I remember the, when, when your first martial arts school opened, Florian Martial Arts Center there in Brookline, Massachusetts, that, that Keith is still so ably running. Um, but you have, you have a home you have a home gym of the uh, highest order. Uh, that's pretty (laughs)
1: exciting, right? It is is exciting. Thank you, man. Um, yeah, you know, just, you know, it it just basically with, with, uh, less time having a place to train at my house, you know, inviting people over, uh, and having the ability to train at at home, I, I think is huge. Uh, Fuji mats, uh, you know, um, they produce some uh, awesome equipment. Uh, my brother-in-law, Ed, Ed Gilmer, uh, that you mentioned, uh, right. is really handy. I'm terrible with tools, and I right, don't know what the right. hell I'm doing. He knows what he's doing, so he, he helped me make it uh, very nice and pretty.
0: It's always interesting, speaking of pretty, when the uh, – and there's a beautiful screen grab from uh,
1: – from- <laughs> Look at Cody.
0: So it must have some square footage under that roof in Charlotte, North Carolina. We're not going to get into all of that today. But no, I mean, there's a lot of interesting things that happened and resulted out of the global pandemic. And it stands to reason you could still be in California if not for COVID-19. You know, Paul Felder could still be fighting now. He's a triathlete in some part because of COVID-19. Um, but that's pretty incredible, man, you know, to have that type of resource and facility under your roof with young children, right. Kind of goes both ways. If you want the break from the kids, now the commute to the jujitsu yeah. training no longer exists, but right. I don't know, man, we saw this era of like garage gyms and, uh, nothing makes me happier than what I saw that image of, uh, of, of that jujitsu school essentially at your residence. So thank you, man. I,
1: I feel like the best kind of martial arts happens at home. A lot of times you can do your little research and yeah. uh, getting that in was, was pretty cool. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man.
0: Do your research on the Florian brothers on uh, blue mats taped together in the basements that do exist yeah. in Dover, Massachusetts, back in the day, reading about jujitsu. <laughs> I don't even want to say what I was doing when these Florian brothers were like chewing on kale in the fucking basement. <laughs> rolling (laughs) chewing on kale (laughs) (laughs) well i remember when like keith's kids early on essentially were like craving kale shakes because of (laughs) of like the elite parenting that was going on you know um (laughs) all right so i'm glad to have that off my chest but that's got to be pretty cool because for me the equivalent of what you have right yeah is either a a singular golf hole on my property, like having a par three hole on my residence, right? Like I'm at my mom's house right now. It's on the eighth hole of a golf course, right? I would love to have enough land somewhere in Texas or somewhere where I could have a par three hole where I could just sit out there with an eight iron and, or to have like a half court basketball in my house. And you essentially have the equivalent of that. Um, you know, and that's that's very exciting. Cody's probably like, that's enough about that, boys. Did you well, see Sean John, Strickland? I mean, you yeah. can't have a golf course <laughs> on your property to shoot in 120, so. Yeah. Well, hey, I had the best round of my life in Vegas a couple of weeks ago. There were no conditions, and uh, we broke 90. It was very exciting. Had five pars in a row, if DC is listening. Um, so I was at Disney World yesterday, and that is a major undertaking, especially mm-hmm. on July 31st with the heat. You know the Ducky and Parker thought we were crazy taking our kids in the in the summertime, but it happened sort of spontaneously, and we went. And I gotta say, because I try to be as on, honest with this audience as possible, and certainly to you, Kenny, who is about to probably embark on a handful of Disney World trips with no. two kids under the age of five, I know yes. it's like it getting kicked in the calf, probably. <laughs> um, but the heat's the least of your concerns. Sorry, I didn't close my email before the show. Again, it's amateur hour here in my mom's basement today but disney world is such an undertaking that i feel like the heat was the least of my concerns my 3 year old son is sort of like what are you doing is this like fraternity hazing you got me out in the heat for 5 hours so your sister you know my sisters can go on a few rides i just feel like the heat is the least of your concerns if you're going to disney world with with three or more children, you know, we had 12 in our party, you know, best of luck to you is all I'm saying. Best of luck.
1: (laughs) You have, you have the patience of a Zen monk, my friend, that is, that Mm -hmm. is uh, serious, but I know that's in store for me. That is my future. So uh, you'll have to teach me your ways, my friend.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was uh, as clean as it's ever been. I'll tell you, they have cleaned (laughs) that place up and uh, less crowded as you might expect. All right. Headlines UFC fight night, Hall versus Strickland. Sean Strickland is 24 and three. This dude is an animal. Like if you're not on board and you're not a fan of the fighter, I mean, he's, he's the fighter's fighter, as Cody said to, to me in our pre-show meeting. Right. I mean, Sean Strickland, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Ken Flo, you got to enjoy watching this man compete just nonstop offense. Uh, I enjoyed the five round performance. What would you
1: think? He was not messing around, and I think it was a smart approach for him specifically because he was facing Uriah Hall. And and that's not a knock on Uriah Hall, but um, Hall is a very dangerous and technical fighter. He likes space to create and move um, and feel comfortable. And Sean Strickland just took that away from him completely, just got in his face. That jab was firing Uh, And Uriah just really could never get his bearings during that fight due to that pressure, due to that jab. Um, And um, I I thought it was a brilliant performance from Sean. And for Uriah, you know, he just played right into his hands. It seemed like Uriah uh, started to turn it into a boxing fight, which was kind of what Sean Strickland uh, wanted. And um, I was really impressed with uh, Sean's pacing with, with that pressure. Um, and his ability just get nasty in there.
0: So uh, this is a significant setback for uh, Uriah Hall. I won't overstate it and get Ken Flo mad at me off the top. I already exposed his entire residence to the world today. So, but you know, Michael Bisping said at the three minute mark of round three, quote unquote, I think he's broken. And certainly I know the general safe. Saud was happy with the heart exuded by his pupil here. Um, But obviously this fight did not go his way and it's a major championship setback at his age with all due respect. You know, the winning streak was four and it goes away. Um, Any thoughts on Hall, the Hard or otherwise in defeat over the weekend
1: yeah listen i think that um a lot of other guys probably would have um maybe gone home um and kind of quit I, i think uriah hung in there however i do think there's a mental issue there with uriah where you know again he's so physically gifted um you know and of course that isn't um the only thing you need to be successful in mixed martial arts but um he wasn't letting his weapons go you know when I think of Uriah Hall and I think of Uriah Hall finishes, I think of kicks, right? I mean, everyone remembers those devastating knockouts on The Ultimate Fighter. They remember his spinning back kick of Gegard Mousasi. Yeah. You know, that that is kind of those that that has that weapon has been his signature move. How many how many kicks did he throw in that fight against Strickland? Three. Yeah, right. I mean, he did not throw many and. Um, Again, I think he was a little gun-shy to start, uh, and Strickland just took full advantage of that as well. So for Uriah, you know, I've always felt we've never seen him consistently give what he has as a fighter, and that has been the unfortunate thing. Um, And I, I think he is one of those guys that is tremendous in the gym, shows a lot of promise, always has, but at the highest levels, maybe we haven't seen... the the kind of fighter that he truly is. And it's not as though he's not putting in the time, right?
0: It's just right. that it's not materializing on fight night, right, uh, in a lot of respects uh, yeah. in these big spots. And certainly, again, it has been, right? And that's what got him up to this point. You know, he would have been roundly criticized had he not finished Anderson Silva, but he was able to get him out of there late in that fight and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, had a big opportunity, obviously, this weekend. And I think a lot of what was coming out of Uriah's mouth, uh, and Cody tells me he, he just turned 37 on July 31st, so this was his, uh, his 37th birthday. Um, yeah. But uh, I lost my train of thought there. I was going to say something really fucking thoughtful about Uriah Hall too. Um Threw just two kicks in round one. Uh, wow. 16% leg strikes for, uh, for Uriah Hall. So what are we doing with Sean Strickland? I don't have the middleweight top 15 in front of me because I scrambled to, uh, to come over to my mom's house today. Um, but what do you do with Sean Strickland? I think he's a, a super intriguing fighter. His training partners speak super high of him. Uh, what do you make of Sean Strickland and, and the ceiling, I guess, at 85?
1: You know, listen, I I think um, it's time for him to continue to fight tough guys. I I think that he took full advantage of that main event spot, um, brought some notoriety to his name and some respect, and he's on an excellent win streak. I I mean, give him another tough guy. Uh, He's a guy who's going to deliver an exciting fight either way. Um, You know, he's an interesting guy. He's a crazy guy. He just wants to go out there uh, and beat people up. It seems. Um, yeah. So put him in there against another guy who's willing to do the same. I'm, well, I'm down. Well, fresh American blood in that middleweight division. Yeah. Sean Strickland. All right. Good stuff
0: there on, uh, on the main event in the nature of time, because I think Longo is going to be here in a few. And thanks to everybody on, uh, on the Anakin Florian podcast, short staff here for delay in the program today. So I could drive home from Orlando. Um, Michael Chandler versus Justin Gaethje, uh, sort of loosely announced, I guess, for later this year. Uh, perhaps it will be November. Perhaps it will be Madison Square Garden. Uh, nothing resembling final word on that front, Ken Flo. But uh, do you have an early handicap on Chandler Gaethje? And uh, what? Are, I mean, it seemed like an eventuality that this fight was going to happen, right? Uh, I don't know if it was best kept secret because I don't know if contracts were signed or if they're still signed. But uh, right. that's a hell of a fight and a huge fight, obviously, at 55.
1: It definitely is. It's a great fight. Um, I I see both of those guys looking for the finish. I think it's going to be a crazy fight to start. Um, Both those guys are kind of made for each other, so perhaps we see more than just one fight. I could see a lot of different scenarios going down. I do not want to give a prediction, uh, but I do not see that one going five rounds. I mean, if if that's a five-rounder, I don't see that one going five rounds. I think that um, or, or even three rounds for that matter, if it's a three-rounder. Do they say whether right. it's a, a main event or co-main or anything like that? Uh, I, I don't believe it would be of the
0: five-round featured bout okay. co-main event category, but you never know. You right. never know. Either way, that's um, a sick fight. I mean, that's, that's a that's huge, match huge made. fight. And we're going to talk to Longo shortly because Aljamain Sterling intimated at a late October return, perhaps uh, in united arab emirates so uh, i promise we're going to get back to some of the stuff from ufc fight night but i'm trying to manage the clock like a radio producer here today ufc 268 november covington versus usman 2 rumored to be the uh headlining act all right so uh t wood is putting in the time he's fighting jake paul in, in this month of August here in 2021 in a boxing setting. I don't know if you've seen Mama Wood uh, helping T-Wood out. She's got the gallon of water. She is embedded in his training camp. Um, <laughs> do you know what the betting line is, Ken Flo, as it now stands on Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley? Oh, boy. Uh, well,
1: I know that Paul was the favorite at one point. Yeah, he's, already, still, he he's still slightly.
0: Still is, huh? my minus 135, T-Wood plus 105. So it's closer. About, it, it was, yeah. It was more, yeah. Okay. Right. So uh, any incentive for you to get involved? Or are you just going to root with your heart for T-Wood and let it rest?
1: I will root with my heart. Uh, I'm I, i um, I'm, I'm hoping that T-Wood goes out there and, and delivers, you know, one of his vintage performances. Um, I, I think for T-Wood, it's going to be all about motivation. You know, the money's going to be there. It looks like he's going to make a, a, a good payday there. But I, I hope he is motivated to genuinely go out there and, and hurt the other guy. I think right, you have right, to have right. that in your mind. It's right. not just going out there, I want to put on a performance. I hope T Wood is out there to, you know, not only perform, but really go out there and and actually fight and, and want to hurt Jake Paul.
0: I, I love when you go down. I know I love when you talk like that, though, to, because you do have to be of that mentality, I think, in a lot of respects, you know, uh, even this weekend uh, in Orlando, we we're in the elevator and my twin brother was telling the story about Kempflo talking about throwing the elbows, opening up <laughs> the hand at the end to maximize the torque, like the true <laughs> nasty prick that is embedded within Kenny Florian all I'll say is that August 28th I'm going to be rooting for uh the woodley family and Tyron obviously because of the of the pre-existing relationship but there are human beings in this world uh yeah. that I would be uh I would root I'd be rooting for Jake Paul against certain people in this world is all I'm yeah. gonna say certainly not in this matchup but I wish Jake Paul nothing but the best in terms of his boxing endeavors and I'm really curious to see what he has for T wood um I don't think I'm I don't know if I can bet on it contractually. I'll have to ask Zach Candido and the boys if I'm actually allowed to bet on this fight. Uh, and if right. I am, you know, maybe we could go public here on the Anakin Florian podcast um, because I, like I do you. have an opinion and I will have a wager. Um, and I w- it won't necessarily be with my hat, which is right. obviously with with uh, with Tyron Woodley. So uh, <laughs> Brian Barbarina, who once walked out to that baby shark song that uh, – <laughs> That I've listened to probably 501 times now because Barberina walked out to it. But Brian Barberina and Jason Witt, your fight of the night on the main card at Welterweight, majority decision for Jason Witt. And as I understand it,
1: this like this drew your wife back into mixed
0: martial arts a little <laughs>
1: bit, huh? Yeah, it was it was just kind of on. Uh and she's like, hey, what's this? Watching this fight, and Wit's kind of doing well in the first round and the second. And then is just kind of surviving somehow, round after round. And in the third round, he comes roaring back uh, in what could have been, you know, one of the most epic comebacks, you know, on the level uh, of Dar- you know, uh, of Elkins, you know, right, uh, right. that kind of level of comeback. And he almost pulled it off, dude. Wit, you know, at one point gets his mouthpiece knocked off inside on the canvas. As they're fighting, he just kind of. He was so out of it that he just kind of casually reaches down to grab his mouth guard right, and pick it up right. and put it back in his mouth. And Barbarina kind of just watched it happen. But it, it was—I mean, it was crazy. It was one of those movie fights where you're like, if I—if yeah. you saw it in a movie, be like, this—this this would never happen. Yeah. Um, it does happen. It's rare, but it happens. Yeah. And Barbarina almost pulled it off, man. It was a crazy fight. Wit is tough as hell. Barbarina, of course, we know he's like Homer Simpson, tough right. as hell. I right. uh, can't knock him out but uh, yeah. cool fight
0: you you invoked the name Darren Elkins I think did you not I mean how, yeah. how do we pay pop proper respect exactly to Darren Elkins It got me thinking right like for yeah. what he did a couple weeks ago and what he has perpetually done over the course of his career. Hopefully he gets an award is there a world MMA award that we could give to Darren Elkins there should be you know
1: there should be I don't or know it if, just, uh, it should be called the Elkins award. Something right, like that. right. Like the comeback you, of the year, the comeback of the year, right. should just be called the. Yeah. El- we can, hey, we yeah. can do it for the ANF yeah. podcast.
0: We, you know what? That's what we're doing. But- That's why Ken Flow is the real, the, <laughs> the real brain behind this podcast. So
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely not <laughs> this
0: year, and we do have a change to the main event challenge scoring system. By the way, this week as well, but we will now have the uh, the Darren Elkins comeback of the year award. That feels like it kind of sells him short, though, because he's right. more than just a rallier, like. The Darren Elkins will come back and break you and then probably fucking kill you <laughs> award or something, right? It's like um, – The Elkins
1: maybe- soul taker award, something like that? Yes,
0: yeah. right. It yeah. has to – maybe it doesn't – necessarily. you don't necessarily have to rally as much as you have to Robbie Lawler style take a man's soul away. <laughs> All right. Okay. Long ago, coming up in 60 seconds, but for a lot of professional athletes, fighters, podcasters, one of the biggest challenges is to build and monetize your own brand. Certainly if you're Floyd Money Mayweather or Jason Tatum, this doesn't necessarily apply. But for a lot of athletes to set up an e-commerce store or site with all sorts of logistics, just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, that is where millions comes in. This is a next level e-commerce platform. So strong, the concept and the people behind it, uh, that I actually signed up myself. So whether you're an amateur athlete, pro public figure of any kind. Perhaps you just have a little podcast like this. The millions platform allows you Two, among other things build a merchandise line with design help if you need it if you got a guy like cody merrow maybe you're good um you can start selling online right away like i had one more sleep t-shirts on my page within 48 hours you can get paid to do simple shout outs or more longer form ask me anything videos even run your own live watch party at millions as well really is one-stop shopping in a lot of respects and it is all completely free to sign up i think i might have actually buried the lead there free to sign up my profile is live right now. KenFro probably going to start selling I Finish Fights t-shirts by the beginning of next week. Uh, but if you are a mixed martial arts fan, and I know most of you out there are, I would kindly encourage you to go check out Millions. They are on Instagram. Use the AML AMA shout-out feature or just pick up some merchandise. And if your favorite fighter is not on there yet, tag them on Instagram and let them know. That's millions.co. And we shout out the entire team at Millions for sponsoring this week's episode of the Anak and Florian podcast. All right, let's get to Ray Longo.
3: It's now time for the Ray Longo minutes. I want you to punch a hole in this fucking chest. That's what I want. The Ray Longo Minute, starring Ray Longo, the John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast.
0: Hey, there he is with sweat on the forehead. 4:04 p.m. Eastern. Just got done what?
3: Working out. What am I doing? <laughs> right about it. You changed the time Again, He was right. He's not even Joe. He said he was joking. I was there at 11. Talking, don't even, don't even, a hundred percent. Don't even, don't I do this to me. Talk and I go, I guess a blank screen, but I'm not sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's sitting there looking at his computer by himself for hours, twiddling his I, thumbs.
3: I miss you guys.
0: We always miss you. Don't even play with me. Please tell me you no. weren't there at 11 a.m. waiting I for was,
3: us. I, w- I wasn't there. All right, good. There's a live was stream on sure. his OnlyFans.
0: There is a decent man inside here, if you can believe it. I just want to make sure. I think I'm going
3: to cut it back to too much joking around, Kenny. You know what I mean? we got to get serious. (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy for you, man. John Anik, personality Year, Kenny. You know who I'm voting for? Laura Sanko. (laughs) (laughs) I can't can't control myself, Kenny. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, my twin brother voted... How could you get past those blue eyes? Come on, man! You're in very hot competition. It's tough.
0: My identical twin brother voted for Sanko as well. Okay, yeah, so it's between
3: me. Sanko you know, and Eric. You, but hey, listen, yeah. I'm right or die. I'm all with you. I don't My care. man.
0: Hey, I appreciate that. Yeah. So, uh, did you just get done just working out yourself, training somebody else?
3: Uh together, right? Me and uh, Jenny Nadell. always we, we work out every all day right. from like all two right. to four thirty. So all I right. cut it
0: short. All right. Uh, so. And again, I don't want to bog this down with details, but like when I write to you, hey, can you do 4 p.m. on Monday? You can always write to me. Hey, how about 4.30 when I get done working out with Jenny nah, and then Kenny yeah, and totally. I – well, I'm just saying though. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying this to be funny. You do happen to be the star of the show or at the very <laughs> least, if you're not the star of the yeah, show, uh, your uh, approval rating is higher than any of the personalities on this show. <laughs> so if you need 4.30, I
3: if get you need – and with that being said, I, mean, I re- this I really take serious. I want to thank everybody who reached out about my father-in-law past. I mean, I really got some beautiful uh, tweets and stuff. And sometimes if I don't get back to you, I just I appreciate everything. Very grateful for everything with that. That's that's definitely no joke, you know, and and just a word on my father-in-law, just a great guy. And both of my wife's parents, I mean, I might have not agreed with them, but they both immigrated from Cuba. In like '62, I think, and I might not agree with them, but man, I couldn't respect people more than that. Man, they had a business, they had buildings over there, they got stripped of everything. Wow. They came here, they worked their asses off, they made a beautiful life for their kids, and that's why. Like when I'm told somebody's kneeling and all this other bullshit, I go a little nutty because I know what it's like when I listen to those stories about just. And I'm not against protesting, but I just think there's a time and a place for everything. And I watched these people really break their ass and start from nothing. I mean, you hear the stories about just getting over here. It was crazy. And you could listen to even like Jorge Masvidal, you know, these people want to be freed at this point. You know what I mean? It's not about anything else other than, you know, they got sold a bill of goods back then. And it's just people ran for their lives and people had a lot of money and stuff. And I think once you listen to those people, you're so much more grateful for what we have here. And I just think there's a different way of doing it. And that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, so, no. You oh, know, I, I listen to it. Yeah. Well, but I don't want to start off like that. Let's go. No, back to hey, of course.
0: No. Well, no, 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 no. Um, yeah.
3: What was what was his name? Uh, Louis Aslan.
0: Well, our thoughts, condolences with your wife, of course, and your daughters, and the entire uh, Longo family. But yeah, hopefully, our Anakin Florian podcast family was heard uh, from uh, on that front. Um, yeah. All right, now I'm going to go back to to being a dick. You know, I yeah. just always find people's interpretation of time very interesting, Ken Flo. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, like four to four PM Eastern, you just show up four oh four. You know, yeah, I, I guess if you're the star cool. of the show. I
3: mean, it's my interpretation: <laughs> anything under ten minutes is acceptable. Okay, right. So <laughs> it is. It
0: is interesting, right? Because yeah. um, uh, I was talking to my suit guy, Mark Russell, and he had Gilbert Burns scheduled for a two fifteen PM Eastern appointment on a Monday, and Gilbert showed up two fifteen PM Eastern sharp, but on Tuesday. So I right, said, that's, right, so that's right. Brazilian time
1: redefined. Uh, man, no.
3: Anybody who's dealt with the Brazilians knows that. I mean, <laughs> I remember a guy telling me he was supposed to meet Noguera at like 6 p.m. The guy showed up 1130 at night. <laughs> like it, yeah, like I might have the name wrong. So I'm not, I'm not bashing Noguera, but I'm saying it's, it's – the Brazilian time is definitely real.
4: Yeah.
0: Right. I feel like I just need to just widen my – tolerance scope for uh when it comes to tardiness oh, yeah. so uh so did cody send you a one cent check for merchandise or, i mean what is that about just like right
3: i said look i set my paypal up he said all right great <laughs> the money. I, I just sent the money i go there I go did he tell you what i wrote to him i said who do i stab for this said, are you guys, what, what is that one penny i go Man, these guys are relentless
2: <laughs> Damn, these guys are freaking
3: relentless i go this is stops. but hey no. thank you very much for that though that was uh that was good
0: no you know? well yeah I, I can't wait so i'm not going to tell people if the uh if it was like two figures or three four five figure check or p- paypal yeah, no, business no. however these guys no, no, with the really merrill marketing did their transaction kemplo and i Uh-oh. were not a part of it i'm just telling you yeah. the next check uh, is going to be fatter, man, because it's amazing to me. Uh, it's like, can we sell any non-Longo shirts, folks? Just make, make, sure, see, you guys, yeah.
3: you guys, make sure you guys are eating a little something, too, because I'm not that guy. So, Oh, <laughs> well, thank uh, you. Thanks. <laughs> I, mean, we'll, we'll I, bust, sure. I bust balls, but at the end of the day, I, I love yeah. you guys. So it's right. all good.
0: Well, we love you, too. So, uh, all right. So a few things to get to with you. If I'm not mistaken, uh, the, the three amigos are back from Georgia at this point. Oh. Huh?
3: Yes. Safe so, and sound. Thankfully, Safety time. I was with my Rob last night. He looks great. Uh, Al said it was relentless. He said it was they didn't sit for one second. He said it was almost like a job. He said it was crazy, but they had a great time. What a beautiful country that looks like. Oh, though. yeah. I mean, scenery was great. Uh, guys are riding horses. I mean, it was, you know, you uh, know, You know, Rob did ask me to go, which is that's the type of guy he is. But I said, I'll just blow everybody down. It's just not even right to you guys. But I would love to get there someday and, you know, experience that. So they look great. Those guys, those guys, man, it's awesome. No.
0: And you did feel like not that you went to Georgia, but you could sort of live vicariously through uh, their tribulations if you will right like i yeah. actually was doing my best marab dwallish willie impersonation in the uh in the wave pool at the yeah. hotel oh, yesterday yeah, yeah, Do you yeah. remember if you didn't see the video yeah, of, yeah, of yeah, c yeah, Bandamoy yeah. contender marab dwallish willie swimming into a waterfall uh, with all this resistance, you know, the poor Americans are going getting dusted, yeah. right? And yeah, the yeah, Georgian yeah, 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 Marab yeah. is just swimming right through this goddamn waterfall. You know, Kenford, uh, did uh, you see uh, this? Uh, 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 incredible.
1: No, I, I thought you were talking about the time he, he dove right into like a branch and oh, like yeah. split his head open. Please
3: don't do that. That's what I thought you were talking about. I did not see yeah, that waterfall video yet. Yeah, there's a lawsuit. The branch is suing them. But, uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: Ray, you saw the video that I'm speaking oh, 100%. Of,
3: and I'll tell you, you know, Al's a surfer. man grown up in the water. He lives on the water. Yeah. And so if he's not keeping yeah. up with Marat, that was impressive because Al can swim. Yeah.
0: Here's the video. We're rolling oh, it we in go. right here. So I was actually trying to imitate this in a wave pool or a lazy river. I found a pretty good current.
2: But yeah, so you see Marab point. is
0: like eating the fucking water flow. You see that? Dang, yeah.
3: dude.
0: This feels like the Joe Rogan experience rolling in all this video. I don't know what to <laughs> do with myself. This is too <laughs> yeah, exciting. This is, this is too much.
3: This is what we need. We got to go to the oh video. so often. I love it. You guys Cody are a very seems pretty, mood today. I love it. Cody Shipper. seems pretty
0: pretty confident that uh, – that uh, Marab is not going to uh, get us in trouble for posting that. Chipper, we seem chipper today. Yeah, um, there we well, there up. are myriad reasons why we're chipper. I'm so happy to not be at Walt Disney World right now. Because
2: that, <laughs> that's what I was
0: yesterday. Well, it not about the many, money.
3: The spent, many years, spent many oh, yeah, years there, years. John. Many years. But I yeah, do think how it's many, a great <laughs> trip. for the kids. It's, it's absolutely phenomenal. It's a, it, no, was a, eh, right. it was anyway, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is not a podcast bit. The complaining, though, no, I mean, no, it no, is no, warfare. No. Whether it's a hundred degrees or not, it's <laughs> it is you mentally get yourself ready for 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 Walt yeah. Disney World. No, um, no, no, so. you got to
3: prepare yourself,
0: man. And it's of cool. course, Mickey Mouse was a fucking no show. Minnie, Donald, Daisy, really? know we found. No, Goofy, Pluto. No, they, got they, got nice. yeah. they got canceled they got canceled was there right. uh Winnie the Pooh and Piglet but you know my son Hunter is 3 and uh, he's literally red as a tomato looking at me like dad can you get me to an air conditioned facility wow. and or can I see Mickey maybe
3: What I missed the Santa, you guys you had Sand Hagan winning that fight oh no? yeah so yes i, yes. I never got to talk about i thought that was an easy fight to score I mean he pot shotted him pick, I dude I picked him apart really. I mean hats off to TJ for a two year layoff, but that's about yeah. it, man. And you know, thumbs down to DC for his whatever what was he calling? Like you gotta give the guy credit for getting to his back and doing nothing. Like I don't even know what I was listening to. You know, yeah, but, I, I I mean uh, I thought San Hagen yeah, I had San Hagen as well, man. And you know what? More than anything, and this is going to sound weird, you know, the guy thought he was winning. He never thought he was desperate to get anything. I think right. that's how that fight was going. He just thought he was doing his thing. And so did I. But um, I'm so I'm a little blown away by that. We're going to stay on this fight for a second
0: yeah. with you when you're driving to the gym. What do you listen to?
3: Uh, Music selection. Okay. Well, I know you don't listen. Sometimes to, I put on an audible book. You know, if I'm right. listening to, uh, it'll always be something. But you've
0: never listened back to a single one of the 300 episodes that the three of us <laughs> have done together, correct?
3: Uh, that would be correct.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. So, well, no, and that's fine. Because
3: today is Cody. Though I go, who those guys? Just out of curiosity, that tell me they didn't have teas No, no, they both thought San Diego won. That was yes. The extent right. of that conversation. Yeah.
0: The only reason I ask you that. Is because we talked about open scoring and I know we've talked to you about that in the past, but you just said, oh, you said Corey Sanhagen, you know, certainly thought he was winning going into round five and going into the scorecards. And it's like, well, I mean, you ain't going to find him making that excuse. I mean, you can't rest on what you think is a four round lead.
3: Right. But the point I think my point, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not giving this much thought, but the guy thinks he's winning and I think he's winning. He looks up and he's losing. Then he has to get a little frantic or desperate. He could walk into. I something. know. I, you're That's right. That's the issue. That's the issue to me. It, the first, the scoring was wrong, period. And it was, and look, I like Macy Barber. I like Miranda Maverick. I mean, I don't know. That was an easy was fight to score. That was Yeah. That was it's just easy. It's not, and Macy had a great third round. It has nothing to do with anything. Sure. You know what I mean? But that was a 29 28, easy fight to score. If they can't get that fight right, then we got, you know, I don't want to start beating that drum again, but uh, I don't know. That's why I say I look up and I'm Corey Sanhagen. I might have a a, a freaking conniption. I mean, like, you got to be kidding me. You know what I mean? That's the issue is that why make that guy come out of his, you know, his game plan or whatever he was doing because somebody, you know, yeah, it gives him a shot, but with that shot he has to change things and something no i know
0: i agree Uh, kenny you're the fighter right like you don't you're you you don't want to have to like pivot in the fifth round all of a sudden in desperation mode because the right so open scoring i would think it's a fighter it's like oh you're changing the sport up on me a little bit yeah
1: yeah it is i mean listen i think it would be nice to know but yeah you would it would change the sport dramatically like ray said um those are the, kind of the consequences that you could you could find yourself in. Is like okay, now in going for it, you just got your head taken off. You know, right? Um, That's you didn't need issue. to. So, yeah. If if the judges are doing their job, there's no need for the open scoring. That
3: was a win for Sanhagen. um yeah. and um, it, it's unfortunate. And, and it, the crazy part is, then you go back and look at the scorecards. Nobody even has the rounds right, like that they all agreed on. So we're in. Yeah. We we got problems, man. I. I that fight, look, the Macy Barber fight with uh Maverick, I think was easy. That there's no excuse for this one. Maybe right. could be a little tricky, you know, if you want to give him control time. But he really did nothing, even in the first round. Of course, right. doesn't. I mean, if there's a takeaway for Corey, and look, I think this is what he learned from Aljo—not exactly, but he's got to get frantic on those takedowns, and I think he did this time a little bit. Aljo relaxed. I remember going over that fight. I go, Aljo, this guy's going to relax if you get him down, and. Aljo's the worst guy to do that with like if you're not planning to get right up you could be in a serious problem and I think he did a better job at that but he went for a couple of things that probably in hindsight you know all right but it's not what the other guy did it's what he shouldn't have done you know what I mean and I I just thought it would I thought that was an easy fight to score I'm not kidding I really did.
0: It seemed like Habib Nurmagomedov tweeted about a potential future fight in Russia between Piotr Yan and TJ Dillashaw. Would you at least agree, as the man who corners the UFC undisputed bantamweight champion, that having Dillashaw back in the mix is uh, is I, w- I know where you stand on the on the yeah, EPO, no, I yeah, no, I agree, but having him in the with, mix, big fights yeah. for Aljo and everybody else. Right? Yes, I agree with
3: yeah, him, yeah. I right, definitely
0: yeah. agree with that. All right. uh, speaking of the undisputed UFC bantamweight champion, Aljamain Sterling. I mean, are you going to Abu Dhabi? Is that is that what I'm hearing? I mean, I certainly don't have this date on my uh, calendar. I mean, what, what?
3: As of right now, the answer is yes.
0: Wow. Breaking news uh, on the Anakin my, podcast. My, my,
3: uh, my October is crazy right now, so.
0: Yeah. So Halloween and a costume will not be at the forefront of your mind is what you're telling us.
3: That will definitely not be at the forefront of my mind. All right. <laughs>
1: Uh, as long as they don't put those clown shoes and the, the, you know, the triple
3: XL t-shirt on, Ray, then <laughs> Oh, you know, that's fight, Yeah, then I am dressed for Halloween. That's a good point, buddy. <laughs> That's a really good point. I was thinking Luigi. I
0: think you grow a real mustache. You go, Luigi, use my costume hey. from last year.
3: Yeah, Please. Giuseppe. You now you now, you're, now you're, you're slandering go. the Italians. Nice. Now you got to have all of them after you.
0: All right. Banging on the Brazilians <laughs> earlier. It's been a good day. <laughs> I actually did kind of get canceled. I can't get into it, but uh, it was not a good week in the Anik household for my uh, – I'll just leave it at that. Uh, all right. Yeah. So um, I have a few other things with you, Ray. Um now if I could go. have maybe set six or eight more minutes of your time. Yeah. You got a lot of media gigs going on right now, don't you? Oh, a lot of it's media crazy. mogul stuff going on. Crazy. Um, before I get to UFC 265, I guess this is a more somber note, and I don't know the exact up to the minute details. Um and I don't know if there was, uh, you know, if there's uh, medical blame to be cast, but it looks as though maybe Chris Wyman is going to need another procedure on his leg, and it could happen as soon as uh, 10 days from now or so. Do you have anything for us on that?
3: I have nothing. I just, all I did is social media. I, I do have to, I owe him a phone call. I think I saw he called on Saturday. Uh, i just been running around with with everything that went on, so I'll, I will get back to him. though and give you an update on that. But, yeah, he knew that. A couple of weeks ago he right, told me that that there might like, be. He, that's where he was heading, you know. So I don't think it's a complete surprise, but uh only he knows what transpired. Yeah.
1: So Ray, you don't know you don't know if that's because of um the initial surgery went wrong or if that's just kind of the nature of things. that happened that way. It wasn't because he was walking on his leg or anything like that. Did do you know any reasons why they have to do it again?
3: I that I don't know. Okay. I really don't. I do I, know. I, I think, and I, he did, yeah. and I think I think he did tell me, but I really I can't you know, I, I think he was mad with the doctors at one point, but I, I don't know that for sure. OK, like a, yeah.
0: Yeah. Reading comprehension, Kenny, was never my strong yeah. suit, but I was I believe I was able to glean that that this wasn't anything that resulted of that and that I think he did know a couple of weeks ago that maybe there was going to have to be this uh fibula procedure done um but at least the fibula I can tell our audience is healing suboptimally and that is unfortunate so um setback might be too strong a word but that part isn't healing the way it is and i did see a headline i believe from the great dr david abbossi who i know listens to the anakin florian podcast and who has looked at my knees uh i thought i saw a headline from him with a question like is there medical blame to be levied but i really was trying to disengage from social media this weekend and uh hang out with mickey mouse so i i don't know exactly but i would encourage you to check out uh the doctor's uh, Instagram channel, because I think there will be further explanation there. Um, all right. So Amanda Nunez is out of her. Uh, I know as I sit here, you know, I was just yeah. at a hotel without a mask on at Disney world a couple days after there were 21,000 new COVID-19 cases in the state of Florida. You know? So, I mean, if you judge me, if you will, whatever, but Amanda Nunez, COVID-19, not defending against Juliana Pena. I don't know if she's symptomatic. I don't believe she is, but man, supposed to have the goat, competing this weekend we're down yeah. to one title fight you see that raymond
3: yes i did now, i'm very unfortunate but like you say i know florida is soaring and uh yeah i just hope it doesn't new york's going up too but i hopefully we get it under control a little bit but yeah it's yeah. uh i don't know I, yeah. you know i feel like i'm immune to it because i had it but i could be wrong i might have to get the vaccine so
0: no i had some spirited conversations with my brother about it uh over the weekend. Uh, all right. Interim heavyweight title fight. Seattle gone. Big favorite here, Ray, against. Uh, what do you think about this against Derek, the black beast, Lewis?
3: You know, look, so far, he's been a very patient, accurate striker. He doesn't overextend himself. Uh, I, I I, I don't think he should be a big favorite because Derek Lewis can get anybody out of there at any given point in time. But I think with, uh, you know, Don's, uh, you know, kickboxing background, he'll be able to you know, probably pick him apart a little bit. And he doesn't have to worry maybe about the wrestling, but uh, I don't know about a big favorite, but I think he should be the favorite. Okay.
0: All right. Two more questions. Buy or sell the New York Mets win the national league East. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. That's not the question. Buy or sell the crowd in Houston will have an impact either positively or negatively on Derek Lewis and what happens on Saturday night
3: now you're making me i forgot about that i think because i will have an impact on him, because
0: given my job right as the play-by-play announcer for the ufc right like i'm still a fan at my core so i still wonder aloud about that variable but so i'm asking you in part selfishly like am i thinking about that angle too much you know that it could work for him and against him but i think it could be a factor am i
3: crazy Like, am I fucking crazy? No, you're not crazy. No, I think that that's always big. I know when Chris fought at the. uh, Yeah, against Gastelum. You know, he was on a a losing streak and, you know, he did get dropped in the first round, but he came back and won that fight. I'm going to say to the crowd, you know, that that ambiance, you were there. If that doesn't help you, uh, that's a problem. It definitely didn't hurt him for sure. So, you know, Derek, you know, like again, look at the guys he's gotten out of there. He's, you know, he, he can hit, he's got the power. Uh, yeah, maybe that crowd gives him a little, little boost if he's running, you know, if he needs to, you know, pull something out of his hat. I, I, I put a lot of emphasis on that. I think you're right on the money with that. You think Michael Chiesa has anything for for Vicente Luque this weekend? Luque is, uh, the slight favorite. Can't, don't say a thing. I like I like Chiesa a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I like he's a tough yeah. guy. I think yeah. he's grown as a fighter. I think there's a pretty I think this is a good fight for him. I think he'll find a way to get it to the floor and I think uh yeah, I don't know. I, I look, I'm never going to say a bad word about Kieser. I actually love the guy, so. He's a yeah. Great guy. Yeah.
0: So, uh, and we know you're a loyalist at your you core. Know, yeah, That's yeah, why so you keep I'm not
3: even remotely. I, that guy's a good dude and Yeah. Um, and I, I think Vincente Luca, I don't know him, but he seems like a great guy. I've been in the locker room with him, but my, my, I'd go with Kieser any day. You just week.
0: fucking destroyed his name,
3: but Vincente Luque? a Luca, close right. enough. First, really? like Vincento, Vincenzo Vincenzo. Vincenzo. he turns everybody into an Italian. That's crazy. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I'm just messing with you. I'm just trying to I mess with was, you on the way out. I, and I originally I thought it was Finch, Vincen- Vincenzo yeah. Lucas. right? See?
1: right. Turns yeah. everybody into an Italian, <laughs> yeah
3: oh you're right oh yeah hey
0: uh last thing ray so kenny sometimes sort of talks about you know like hurting the other guy as a as a mentality on this podcast right and yeah um you know kenny in many of his fights fought in a very violent way um and sean strickland fights in a very violent aesthetically for me pleasing way um what'd you think of sean strickland did you watch the main
3: event I did watch the main event. Yeah, he did a. Uh, like, does he look like an elite middleweight to you? Like, uh, a he's a gamer, man. He had a great jab. He was yeah. able to out jab a guy who's got some speed. So, uh, wasn't a good look for Uriah Hall, I think, right? Right. Now. right. I like. I think Strickland's a tough dude. Yeah, I think he's. Uh, yeah, I think that was a great fight for him. But yeah, it was. I mean, for and I and I think I did pick it up in like the third round because I was I was out that night. But. uh it's just perfect use of the jab. He was calm, cool, collective, and he he shut down a guy that's got a pretty good offense. And that's got to, there's got to be something to say about that. I think he's he, you know uh, an elite. They they got to just jump him up at this point. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. You know, I mean, that was a great test. You know, he, he yeah. passed that test. I mean. I what what was that 50 45 I mean he I just, think there was a 50 to
0: 44 in there if yeah, I'm not he, mistaken there 50 just, 44 50
3: 45 and a 49 46 and mm-hmm. I would have thought that was a great fight for Uriah Hall I, I don't know I you know, it was like in the third or fourth round. I don't even know what I was looking at, but right he definitely got out jabbed. And I don't know, Kenny. What, yeah. I don't know what you saw in that. Yeah, but. I mean, I,
1: I didn't think he really showed up as well. And again, it, yeah. it's partly because of Strickland, maybe as well. But yeah, sure. to me, Uriah just w- wasn't letting his hands go, and mentally, he seemed like defeated man to start that first round. But I don't know.
3: Yeah, it just it just wasn't a good. I when I picked it up in like the third round, it just wasn't a good look. But hats off to Strickland. Yeah, I'd like I'd like to see him with somebody else at this point. But as far as building a guy up, that was a great fight to get five rounds under your belt. You know, you can go five rounds. And again, I mean, he didn't. I think the reach advantage was with Uriah Hall, and he just got out jabbed. And guy looked like he was another day of sparring. He looked really. He did look good. Yeah.
0: All right, New York accent seminars with Ray Longo. In, uh, sorry, oh, boy. Oh, no,
3: yeah, he's he's he's, oh, oh, he's on I'm fire. I'm sorry. You're I gotta that. not but, write material. Not it works write. out
0: better when I just add I, I was just oh going to say, you know.
3: Wow. Sorry. I am. today? What are you doing? No, I just no, I drove back from Orlando. Not. I
0: wish. Yeah, really I am out cold. I am dry Make as a bone, as they say. Bad. No, dry as a bone. Sober dry October. A bone. <laughs> October. <laughs> sober October. It's
3: fucking and August 2nd. It, we gotta keep you sober more. I love it.
0: I was gonna say if you New York accent seminars with Ray Longo in Abu Dhabi in late October, if you're interested, <laughs> stay tuned to the Anakin <laughs> Florida podcast, but I couldn't you know get <laughs> oh, through the joke.
3: Kenny, he's on something. No, this is this no. is impossible. I swear to you. What They demand a blood test right after this podcast. not <laughs> like,
0: I'll take. I mean, in
3: my eyes. I yeah. will look Daniel right into. Look the at the you. Couch. You're like a new man. I'm not a Disney <laughs> World, bro. Yeah. Bro. I it mean, I know you took time, your daughters. twenty times. It,
0: it, well, I mean, Right. It sounds like yeah. you took your daughters to Disney World like six times a year, like dad of the year type stuff no, back, in the day. Day. Left yeah, fuel
3: back in Orlando is what happened. Really, now, they, right. had to, they had to drag me around the park. Trust me, but uh. <laughs> yeah.
0: Whew. And you know Girl, the trams man. are down. there's a lot of walking. My left my arm, arm from holding my my left arm felt I was going to fall off. But people don't want to hear that. You know we have yeah. military men and women who listen to this podcast and they listen to me say, oh, I was holding my son at Disney World and my arm felt like it was going to fall off. And they just they move on to the next podcast.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah cute story, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Hey, Ray, we love you. Thank you for right. the uh, extended time. And sorry to Jenny Nadell and everybody else for cutting into your uh, your workout. It's okay. We make up for it tomorrow, man. Running water never goes stale, buddy. We just keep moving. All right. Well, hey, you need anything. 508, you know the rest. All right.
3: I got you, man. I might be down there soon. All right. Keep me posted. Nice to see you. What a room. Sounds good. Whatever you need, man. Whatever we owe you.
0: Building up this podcast single handedly, the Ray Longo met it every (laughs) week here. I want to take the anecdote from Florian
3: Come on. Can we take the Does
0: does that mean financially? What do you mean by that exactly? Listenership?
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Listenership. I I I know our loyalists wonder why.
0: Why, wonder why there are not more YouTube subscribers? I'm just focused on the content. I, my daughter just went to a Code Ninjas camp to become a YouTuber. Is YouTube camp? She doesn't like being called a ninja for whatever reason, right? Wow. But she just went to a YouTube camp, and now she can, you know, post videos and she's a YouTuber. She's more qualified on that website than I am. Like I lean on Cody. I can't post to the Anakin Florian podcast channel. I have, uh, I have no idea how to how yeah, to do that.
3: And if you have no idea. I completely have no idea.
0: <laughs> it's right, um, but so okay. she is doing the YouTube thing, and she's like, "Oh, I got you know a few likes or whatever." I'm like, "Babe, focus on the content; the rest will take care of itself." I'm a content you know, guy. I don't know what to tell you. Try if you want more, you know, <laughs> they, 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 I don't know what the coach next coach level coach, is, uh, you know. But I'm oh, not yeah, going to yeah. start booking high profile fighters to do numbers because I interview enough fighters. There oh, I got got it. said I it. Say All right, anything, we got to yeah. go. Love you. All right. Love you. Take it Love easy guys. Love you. Right. So you may have heard UFC 265 is this weekend in DraftKings Sportsbook. The official sports betting partner of UFC has a knockout offer for this weekend's fight. DraftKings is offering up 100 to 1 odds on a punch being landed during the main event. All you need to do is pick either main event fighter, Derek Lewis or Seattle gone. Who do you think will win? And DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 101 odds if a punch successfully lands during the main event. That is right. Bet $1 on either main event fighter. And if a punch lands during the main event by either guy, you will cash $100 in free credits. There are no fans in sports quite like MMA fans. I have said that before. But why not put knowledge like you have to the test? As I like to say, put your money where your social media mouth is at DraftKings Sportsbook. And DraftKings, of course, has plenty of other offerings as well if you don't bet on mixed martial arts, great odds, and so many promotions on baseball and the games in Tokyo that are going on right now as well. I can also assure you DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So don't miss out on all the action at UFC 265 with DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings sportsbook app right now and use promo code ANIC when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits when you bet on either main event fighter to win and the punch is landed. That's code ANIK, A-N-I-K, to turn $1 into $100 in free credits only at DraftKings. Sportsbook must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, let us get to the selections. It's the main event challenge.
1: With the main event challenge. The John
0: Hannock and Kenny Florian podcast. Oh, nothing like a main event challenge during a pay per view week as we call on the duck Ian Parker, father of two. It's good to see him, my man. How are you? Oh, big sip IP. Exhausted.
4: Yeah. Parenting yeah, is no joke. Yeah, after a real strong week. After a real strong week of picks, I need a nice slug of uh, water to get back into the mix. My God, I don't think I could have – I couldn't have hit water if I fell out of a boat this past weekend. Thank God for a different uh, organization we won't name on the show, but let's go.
0: Oh, we will mention the (laughs) PFL all day long.
4: I wasn't talking about that one. I'm talking about a different one, but that's cool too.
0: You're talking about uh, one fighting championship or uh, Bellator? Yeah. Yeah. All those yeah. MMA emotions. It
4: rhymes with Schmelator. Thank God I got those <laughs> picks right.
0: All chasing the combat sports leader, UFC 265. Lewis versus Gone coming up this weekend live on pay per view. <laughs> Prelims prior on ESPN2 we have five selections for you today and a new rule as i teased earlier to the main event challenge for all 12 pay-per-view cards we are going to ask for a round and a method of victory for the featured bout because oftentimes you have a pay-per-view triple header i felt like Michael Chiesa Vicente Luque was big enough and for selfish reasons i want to know exactly where you guys stand going into the call this weekend ian sort of was like interesting but your lead's big enough right yeah. so I mean, IP, your leads big enough. It really don't matter. I'm not even I'm not even giving out the standings. They're on the bottom ticker if you want to see them. That's where they
1: reside.
4: Yeah, I I, I mean, if this is for Kenny to try and earn extra
1: points, ha- have at it, bro. It's not. It's <laughs> not. I can say. All right. Yeah, will lose extra points. I don't know if there's a good thing or a bad thing, but uh, we're doing it. All
0: right. So the lead is still 20 points because most of that fight card got wiped away, at least in terms of our main event challenge. And both of these guys, I believe, were on Uriah Hall. This week, we will begin in the bantamweight division, Sonya Dong and Casey Kenny. DraftKings Sportsbook odds minus 110 on both sides here, IP. So Dominic Cruz ended Casey Kenny's three fight winning streak. That was back in March at UFC 259. Same number that Song Yedong lost to Kyler Phillips pick and fight here what do you think Ian which way are you going
4: <clears throat> I'm gonna roll with Casey Kenny here I think what we saw out of Song Yedong is doesn't do well with pressure his cardio kind of fades if he gets pushed to a pace that he's not comfortable with and he kind of waits too much on the counter-striking and Kenny will push that on him uh, so I'm gonna go with Casey Kenny here Ken
0: Flo, that loss to Kyler Phillips drops Song Dong from the rankings at 135 pounds. How do you think this one goes between him and Casey Kenny?
1: Yeah, listen, I, I think that was a great fight for Casey Kenny to look at and study. I also think he had a really tough matchup in his last fight, obviously, against Dominic Cruz. Um, and uh, I think Casey's going to make the right adjustments. He's going to bring that pressure back to Song Yedong, uh, put him on his back, mix things up, get enough respect with his striking. Uh, and, and win a fight that way. All
0: right, next one on the main card. This is the new bout order, at least as it stands right now. A strawweight strawweight rematch here. Excuse me. Also close on paper. Tisha Torres minus 130. Angela Hill plus 110. Ken Flo is going to lead us off here. So you got the 18th UFC appearance for Angela Hill. Fought Tisha Torres in what was her second UFC bout all the way back in 2015. It was a win for Tisha Torres that night. So Hill, you know the you know the story. Largely, it's about the super active nature of her schedule. Fought four times last year. This will be her second fight of this year. And on the other side, Tisha Torres, Ken Flo, I think she might have figured things out. She's won two in a row. Big fight here at 115 pounds. Which way does it go
1: yeah this is an interesting fight i I think you know both of these women have the ability to throw off in, in the other fighter um i do think however that tisha being a little bit cleaner of a striker Uh, And being difficult to take down, I I think it's going to be tough for Angela uh, to win the fight. I I think that it it could be close uh, each round, Uh, but I do like Tisha here. I I think that um, she's going to be able to keep it on the feet for the most part. I think she's going to be a little sharper um, on the feet. I think she'll be able to use her kicks to keep Angela off balance um, and kind of prevent her from landing a lot of those combinations that she likes to throw. So um, I like Tisha here. Ian Parker,
0: the fall river, Massachusetts born Tisha Torres dropped four in a row in 2018 and 2019 now trying to win three in a row. And when I say figured it out, I just think in terms of her competition sense, I think the pandemic sort of helped her being in an arena with pro fights and no fans kind of helped her. Obviously she's going to have fans here. I think she might've even in her last fight if I'm not mistaken, but uh, yeah, clean is a good word that Ken Flo used Hill. I think her current form, probably the best of her career. Dying to see which way you're going, IP. I think
4: I'm going to roll with Kenny on this one. I think Tisha had, just has more tools to win. I, I like her also in the clinch. I like that she can bring the fight to the floor. And if she's puts uh, Angela on her back, she's got good control. She's good with positioning. She won't go for anything that will compromise that. So I, I do like Tisha here. And to your point, I think what we've seen in her last performance was the most complete, confident performance in Tisha Torres' career. So if any time to take her with these type of odds, I believe now is the time. All right. Yeah.
0: Confidence, probably the word that eluded me there. All right. Featured bout at 170 pounds. Vicente Luque minus 140. Michael Chiesa plus 120. A little background. Uh, Luque. I mean, is he the most underappreciated welterweight on the roster? He's won nine of 10, only lost in four years, came on points to Steven Thompson. Last fight earned his seventh UFC bonus by submitting Tyron Woodley with a bravo choke in round one. he on the other side, he and his four in a row to vault to number five in the world. He's a tough matchup for a lot of guys in this division. I think he's a tough matchup for Vicente Luque. How do you handicap this feature about here at 170 pounds?
4: Well, true story. Vicente Vicente Luque actually applied to be a trainer at my Orange Theory gym a few years ago, and uh, he did not get hired. And I think that was the best thing that ever happened to him. Um, Big difference. Wait a second.
0: Wait a second. I I gotta. I mean, I'm a journalist at heart. It's a true story. I have to follow up. Why? Why did he not get hired? Was it a visa (laughs) issue? I mean. He was born in New Jersey. What's going on? You guys are no. Nah, you know street.
4: what? Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't really know the uh, the head trainer. Right. That's town. below. See, that's below. Ian owned the place. No, sold it. I did. But hold on, hold on. It's I also. Below I your pay grade. Desk. I sold memberships. I was cleaning the toilets. I, listen. I was the janitor all the way to the CEO. I did it all. But when you when you give people opportunity, you got to put them in a position of power. When I saw him walk in, I go, Oh, he was on the Ultimate Fighter, and then he walked out. I go, So when's he start? And the studio manager was like, Oh no. We didn't hire him. I go, that's great. I hope he becomes UFC champ one day and he comes back and he kicks our asses. Um, we're <laughs> legit story. True story. Um, or, or someone who looked like him who had the same name. Anyway, I'm going to go with Kiesa here at the value of being an underdog on top of that. Uh, I just think that Kiesa's pressure here, especially against the cage. I think this is a guy who knows exactly who he is and is not going to stray away from it. And, Listen, Luque is dangerous on the ground, but he just likes to fight. He likes the brawl, and we've seen his striking come a long, long way. But Kiesa is just going to close that gap too quickly, and especially at dog odds, I, I like Kiesa here.
0: You got My a uh, all right, Kemflo. What do you think?
1: Yeah, listen, uh, I think this is a tough fight for Vincente Luque, um, and uh, uh, but I do think it can go either way. I, I think that Kiesa. Uh, could pose a lot of problems uh, for Luque, obviously in the clinch with his takedown game. Um I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping that Luque uh learned a lot um from some of Kiesa's last fights is going to look for ways to break out of the clinch and not engage Kiesa there. I think if you're able to you know get Kiesa to chase you without you know him getting to that clinch position, I think Kiesa sometimes gets a little impatient and can get caught on the feet. Uh, so I think for Luque, he's gotta he's gotta fight smart when he when he sees the opening he has to bring that killer instinct to play, but um uh, he he has to be able to break out of that clinch competently. and I think that that first round is gonna tell us a lot. Um, I will go with Luca here. I, I need the points. I, I think he's uh, the, the better striker um, and I, I think is gonna have to his wrestling's gonna have to be on point though.
0: All right, how's he win?
1: I'm oh, sorry. Uh, let's go decision.
0: It's quite all right. All right, Vicente Luque on one side, Kies on the other. Very interesting. Very interesting. All right, co-main event. It'll be the men and not the women at 135 pounds here. Jose Aldo minus 135. Pedro Munoz plus 115. Ian, we'll have you lead here, and then Ken Flo on the main event. So Munoz needed to win his last time out. Got it against Jimmy Rivera. That was back in February. Aldo is also on a winning streak now. Decision. Marlon Chito Vera. That was all the way back December 19 of 2020. Ian Parker, who wins the co-main event and how do they get it done?
4: I'm going with Pedro here at dog odds. I just think that in regards to with Aldo, that last fight Cheeto just didn't fight like the crazy Cheeto we want. We always talk about that with Cheeto. I think it was more about his hesitancy than how good Aldo looked. It's also amazing that Aldo is younger than TJ Dillashaw. I heard that stat a couple of weeks ago. I mean, that guy just doesn't age. It's kind of crazy, or he's just been fighting forever since he was like two. So I don't know, but I just think that Pedro's pressure. I think the speed might be a little bit of a factor here too. I think he's got ways to get the fight to the floor. He just as long as he doesn't go in there and get kind of starstruck that he's fighting jose aldo i think pedro gets it done and on short notice and with these type of odds i'm going to lean towards pedro by decision
0: pedro muñoz by decision the pick to click you see the efficiency with which ian parker presents that selection it's almost like there's tv producers getting to him right he the first thing out of his mouth is i'm picking this guy right it's very interesting stylist i'm learning a lot lot of the
4: headset i'm learning well no i
0: mean but you don't you don't You don't let it sort of marinate and then say uh, like, uh, well, you know, this guy does this and this guy does this. But in the end, I got to get you're just like, I'm going with this guy. I got two kids fucking barking up the stairs.
4: (laughs) Here it is. Not everybody gets John Attic time in the mic. My time is short and sweet. You could ask Kenny. I get this much to go on. So I got to get all that in there, not speak too fast and be efficient. That's how we roll.
0: Well, you're That's good it. at your job, and hopefully the three of us might even get together soon because it looks like uh, this Pioneers Fighting League that you guys speak so highly of has a
4: show in Hollywood, Florida, coming up here in a few weeks. <laughs> Pioneers. Joking around. You know. I just kind of <laughs> like how every time we do this, you have a different name for it, and you're kind of outmatched here. you got two on three. <laughs> the the joke water, is water.
0: The joke is long running so much so that I think I actually have forgotten. <laughs> what it but no oh, hopefully we can all get together depending on uh this this pandemic um, great. so uh i think ken Flo, we need a selection from you on the yes. co-main event and uh i mean you fought jose aldo if our listeners don't know 10 years ago october 2011 wow. he's still going pretty strong here um on a winning streak what do you think about jose aldo jr the king of rio de janeiro against pedro munoz
1: Wow, I am old. Uh, Let's see. So for Jose, listen, I I think that he is the better fighter on the feet. I think he's the better fighter on the ground. I do see why Ian is going with Pedro, though. I just see it a little bit differently. I think that Pedro is the hungrier guy or could potentially be the hungrier guy. And that is what concerns me most here with Jose Aldo. I'm not going to write him off yet. Um, I do think that you know, he's, he's gone against some other guys and Piotr Jan who have perhaps wanted it more. Pedro Munoz could be that guy that is hungrier, that does want it more. But he's got to still address the skills of Jose Aldo. And I still think that Jose Aldo is going to be the more technical guy and could potentially prevent it from going into those, you know, getting to that dark uh, place in, in their heads where it's just a, a grimy you know, brawl. So, I like Aldo here. Uh, I like him by decision. Uh, I think he gets it done here against a very tough Pedro Munoz. Very interesting co-main event selection for you
0: at UFC 265 this weekend. All right, main event will be for the UFC's interim heavyweight title. Cidogan minus three thirty-five. The Black Beast Eric Lewis is plus two sixty. So yeah. gone undefeated. Lewis, one of the most decorated knockout artists in UFC history. And as big a UFC star as there is in Houston, Texas at present, perhaps there has been a bigger Houston draw in the past that I'm forgetting. I apologize if there is. I don't know if that's going to be a factor or not, um, but I don't think it's going to hurt the Black Beast if he needs a little pick-me-up there late in the fight. Um, Ken Flo will lead here. you got Ciro Gone, big favorite, back-to-back, five-round decision wins for him over Jarzinho, Rosenstrike and Alexander Volkov. We need a pick, Ken Flo. We're running out of time. Who do you have?
1: Well, it was nice to see Cyril Gaughan get a main event spot, um, you know, not not too long ago. And to see how he'd perform in that spot, I think that, you know, he showed a discipline and a patience that was really impressive. And he's going to need that uh, big time here against Derek Lewis, who is a guy who can put your lights out at any point. Um, and it seemingly comes out of nowhere. That's the thing that makes Derek Lewis so dangerous is, you know, there's not a whole lot happening. And then all of a sudden, boom. Um, you're sleeping on the canvas. So Derek's a dangerous guy. Gon has to be very careful in, in the, in the manner in which he attacks and which he goes forward. I do like that. Gon attacks at angles. I do like that. Gon likes to establish his range first. Uh, again, that patience, that discipline is huge for me. I think um, he should also look for those takedowns against Derek Lewis at times to try to mix things up and keep Derek guessing, especially sometimes Derek has a tendency of moving up against the cage um, to to prevent the takedowns. He rests against the cage to stop that motion on those takedowns to help him keep it on the feet. That is good, but um, also can make him complacent at times. I think Gon might be the faster guy here. Um, and I think he has a little bit more weapons uh, when, when you're talking about the overall game, the elbows to the knees to the kicks. Um, although Derek Lewis has a very sneaky, fast uh, high kick that that he should watch out for. I like Cyril gone here. I think he gets it done by decision as well here against Derek Lewis, uh, potentially gets a stoppage late in the fight. But uh, I'm going to be going with the decision. Who knows later on in the week I could change that to a stoppage by gone. But um, let's go with Cyril. Someone said they saw you at a playground in Charlotte, like making your daughter like sharpen her
0: elbows on like a rock. Is that, is that what happened? He leads with elbows It may on. or may not be the case. Was that, that I'm not you? Lie. All yeah. right, Ian. Uh, Cyril Ghosn, Derek Lewis, dying to know which way you're going, my friend.
4: Look, people don't love how patient Cyril Ghosn has been, but Kenny just spoke on it. That's just a discipline the guy has. You know, his record, how – young it is, doesn't really speak on how far ahead in years he really, I believe, is in his IQ. I think this is a great matchup for him. He's not a guy that leans in with his chin up and his hands down. He does not get hit very often, and He's going to win a lot of the rounds. This is what Derek Lewis does. Derek Lewis doesn't win rounds. He either wins the fight or he loses by decision. And I just think he's going to have a really tough time against Gon. Gon also has the ability to bring this fight to the ground. So if Derek overcommits on one of those power rights, gets thrown off balance, Gon hits him with an outside single or a double and he's on top, he can submit Derek Lewis. I just think Gon is very just too smart of a fighter here to engage in a firefight you know when curtis blade shot in everyone kept saying that uppercut was coming and for some reason he didn't see it till he literally couldn't see it so i like cyril gone by decision i think he'll be very in and out with his jabs and his striking i just don't see him getting hit so for that reason i like cyril gone
0: and I do think, even though Ngannou and many others in the MMA space, rightfully so, were upset with this interim heavyweight title fight distinction uh, and designation, I think that it's going to make Ngannou's first title defense absolutely huge. If it's Seattle Ghan with the whole Fernand Lopez backdrop, and if it's Derek Lewis, given the way their first fight went, I mean, can you imagine if they put a belt on Derek Lewis at Toyota Center Saturday night? place is going to go crazy. I will
4: tell you, nothing would make me happier to see Derek Lewis as a heavyweight champ at some point or to win here. I don't see it happening, but there's not a lot of guys marketing-wise that speak like him, just show the yeah. personality and just don't care. You got Ngannou who looks like he could be in a Marvel movie. And then you got Derek Lewis who's just hilarious and he's in, he's himself and his answers just never seem to surprise anyone. So do I think it's going to happen? No. Would it be amazing? Yes.
0: All right, at- Ian Parker, MMA on social media. Great to see you, buddy. We will uh, we will reconvene in, uh, in less than a week. Thank you for uh, the delayed start today, sir. All good, guys. All right. That is it for the main event challenge. And it is now time to bring on a guest who is with us for the first time in a very long time. Long been considered the number one mixed martial arts sports better. He is a mixed martial arts mind of the highest order. And he is going to be back in the MMA space in a big way soon. Luca Fury is with us.
2: Luca, how are you? I appreciate the intro. That's very sweet. Of
0: course, my man. So, Luca, it's great to have you back on the show. I know you were a big part of a lot of our earlier episodes back in the day, and I want to get into sort of why you took a break from the MMA space, but I understand you've had sort of a challenging weekend in Las Vegas as you try to get settled. What's going on there in Sin City, bro?
2: Oh, man. I mean, (laughs) I come come from Minnesota where people are, I guess, a bit extra nice. So I knew going to Las Vegas, people were going to have – I guess not quite the same compassion, but man, it really is surprising Ah. how just ruthless and people just don't like doing their job here. And you really have to pressure them just to do the most basic things. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going through the middle of a move and I'm like, I'm just trying to live my life. Can you please not be difficult? How about that?
0: Well, uh, it's great to have you sort of back in the space. I remember for a lot of people sort of bemoan the fact when you walked away or I guess retired um, with the distinction as one of the, you know, sharpest MMA minds and handicappers. And I know you were on our podcast way back in the day a lot. But uh, how long did you really step away? And did that mean you weren't like watching the sport at all on a regular basis?
2: Oh, no, I always followed the sport very closely, but there's definitely a difference between following the sport and following the sport from a betting perspective you know when I'm watching the sport yeah I watch most of the prelims still on that but when you're betting you're watching dozens of hours of tape leading into that so I did that for almost a decade Uh, there was a point where I had seven years with no days off I I just honestly got kind of burnt out at one point just from the betting perspective not on MMA I still always will love MMA it's never going to change for me um but After a a few years off, I just decided that, you know, something I was interested in doing again for a variety of reasons. But the biggest of all was that my fire and passion for it was back.
1: Luca, you know, it it seems like um, the situation with the judging is kind of rearing its ugly head again. Um, We've seen some pretty bad decisions over the last couple of weeks, I guess. And I'm just curious as, as to how that has changed or if it has changed the way you approach betting at all uh both in your research of potentially who's judging or um you know the the way that the fights have been going down um i don't know how, how has that changed for you
2: yeah it's interesting you say that because so when i stopped before it was the end of 2017 and at that point judging was pretty bad and then <laughs> since then Oh, man. Pretty much every robbery of the year for like the last like several years at that point, I had like bet on the loser. It was uh, it was it was rough. I had some uh, definitely some thoughts about judging, but it certainly then got better in recent years. And then I noticed, just like you said, it's all of a sudden got worse again. And I'm like, man, as soon as I'm thinking about coming back, it gets worse again. What's this about? So when handicapping fights, so it's absolutely a factor because there are certain things that we know judges overvalue and undervalue and. Sometimes there are bad judging that you, um, that you can't predict as a handicapper, but there's also a lot of times that you can. For example, if you know there's going to be a lot of fence pushing, and we know that a lot of times judges overrate that, I'm not interested in laying, <clears throat> excuse me, say four to one on a guy when I know he's going to get fence pushed a significant amount of the time, right? So you have to factor in not just who you think are going, is going to win the fight, but more importantly, we know there are certain tendencies of the judges, and you have to consider that. Would you ever want to judge if the the per show rate was was good enough? Like, would that ever interest you? Honestly, just from a passion perspective of the sport and how much I care about it, even though judging doesn't pay well, I've thought about going into judging just to be like, uh, I'd just like to get into that and maybe figure out more what's going on and why it's, like, just so poor across the board because there are so many extremely educated fans. This is not like... like people talk about the scoring system all the time, but that's the problem. But here's my argument for that. If all of the fans watching it can score the proper winner using the exact scoring system that the judges are using, why can't they use the same scoring system to get it right? We don't need a different system. We need different judges. Why is it so hard to get the proper people in these seats cage side?
0: Right. No, largely, I agree with that. Uh, And again, I didn't intend to go down this road. But do you think five judges versus
2: three would uh, lessen the
0: margin for error?
2: Yeah, I was actually thinking about that recently. I believe it was Shuto maybe who did it several, several years ago, maybe like eight years ago. Uh, They did it only for a brief time, I believe. Uh, I'm not exactly sure of that. I can't remember exactly how it went, but I think that would be a good idea because... You know, a lot of times when we have bad decisions, it's usually not unanimous. It's usually split. And perhaps if we have five judges, it'll be, you know, a four to one decision in that case. Or, uh, you you know, we get more dominant decisions because it's also not very good if a guy wins a split decision, doesn't look good on a record. You know, I think five judges would actually be good for multiple reasons, not just getting the right winner.
0: So Luca Fury is with us here on the Anakin Florian podcast on social media at Fury's Fight Picks. So... I think for Ken Flo, like he's put up with me every Monday for six years, but the inconvenient truth of this show is that 41 times a year, I make him pick three or more fights on a Monday of fight week, which I know Luca is not at all ideal. I guess my counter argument to that would be as an example, if I like Michael Chiesa at plus money, I'm sitting here on Monday. I know he doesn't have to cut to 56 as has often been the case in the past. If I like Chiesa plus money, um, why not just fire early on? Like, how does your week play out when you're a better forget like capping for an audience? But in your bankroll, how do you sort of handicap early versus late?
2: I start handicapping usually. I mean, sometimes actually as soon as the card ends on Saturday, but usually it's Sunday, sometimes in the afternoon or evening because for exactly what you just mentioned. Sometimes there's a a line early in the week that has value, and usually I can't get down the amount that I want on, say, like a Monday. Usually I have to wait till maybe a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday anyways, but if I start handicapping on, say, a Monday, I'm not going to have my research done and still say – maybe a Thursday or a Friday, at that point, the line might already be significantly worse. You see a lot of um, line movement around Thursday and Friday, typically. So I try to get my research actually started going as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And what I'll also do is if I look at a card and I already have a strong lead right up, a strong lean, excuse me, right off the top of my head where I'm very familiar with both fighters. And obviously, I'm still going to do my research, but I can kind of already tell one of them is going to be a bet or maybe uh, an over under or something is going to be a play there. Then I'll get started on that right away. And sometimes I will, in those cases, have a bet on Monday. And if you're someone who can be efficient and get bets out as soon as possible and the limits are high enough for you, it's absolutely worth it to hop on lines early because usually the sharp sides are the ones that move later in the week.
0: Well, we look forward to hearing from you intermittently on this show over the next few months as your schedule allows. But there is a pinned tweet on your page right now that says that you'll be working in person on camera and live radio for a company in Vegas. Can't say who yet, but going to be doing some things as their main MMA guy, mostly doing pre and post flight analysis. So was your move to Vegas uh, a professional impetus or uh, I mean, that's very exciting news. You got to be excited to be really going full throttle back at this. I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, I'm hoping to be doing more stuff beyond that. I actually really want to be pumping out a lot of content. And I, as I've been very open on Twitter, I want it specifically to be free because before I did have some free content when I was around, but I also had premium content. And this time I want everything to be free. I want everyone to be able to profit as much as possible off of my bets and my and enjoy my content. So I'm going to be trying to do a lot more free content. And as far as moving to Vegas, um, originally it was just more of a lifestyle thing, but there's some things I don't like about the town kind of, as I mentioned before, and now the reason I stayed is purely for professional reasons. It's it's a great hub and there's a a lot of uh, MMA stuff going on here.
0: Do you follow the twins and the Vikings? Do you ever bet on or against those teams or is your heart not
2: invested? Uh, The only sport I bet on is MMA. Currently I used to bet on NFL for three seasons. I went two and one on those seasons, but then I I just got too busy with MMA, but uh, the twins and the Vikings, uh, I'll just say I don't exactly trust them. Uh, I have lifelong stories of not the best experiences.
0: Well, it's good to hear your voice. Great to have you back in the space. Good luck uh, navigating those Vegas waters. And uh, don't be a stranger, my man. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm sure I'll be back. Looking forward to it. All right, there he is, Luca Fury, with us here on the way out on the Anakin Florian podcast. All right, so, uh, so you're, when are you coming to Hollywood, Florida, exactly? Let's see, folks, if Ken Flo will actually tell me the date, his arrival date <laughs> I'll be like hanging out outside the hotel with a mask on. What uh, when are you? When are you? What do you, you got a show next Friday night?
1: Right. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So next Friday. So I'll be. I usually get to town if it's on a Friday night. I'll get there like Wednesday. All right. Yeah. We got a great grocery store called Publix down here. It's a chain. So
0: I mean, I'll i take you to Whole Foods if you want. I'm you to Publix. Yeah. They got a good, all right. He likes yeah. his organic stuff. Yeah. But we got – you know, Publix has a really good bakery if you want to get like a vanilla cake or something. I don't know. <laughs> Just letting you know. Um, com. For all of your merchandise needs, you see our AF hat. See, I got the non-dad cap. How sharp is this red hat? And unlike Ken Flo's hat with that goofy fucking back, mine actually has just the, uh, you know, the one I don't
1: get those little dots on my
0: forehead if I put it on backwards. All right. But if you, and also I mentioned com. If you have liked the content on FlowTube, Ken Flo's YouTube channel, now it's all going to be coming out of his goddamn living room. So uh, that's very exciting as well. Um, we will see you for UFC 265 this weekend. It will be me, Daniel Cormier, and Domina Cruz on the sticks. I believe Joe Rogan had a uh, a comedy conflict. So uh, we look forward to seeing you uh, through our televisions this weekend. And uh, thanks to our sponsors today, DraftKings and Millions. If you do want those One More Sleep t-shirts, you can find them at millions.co. Uh, thanks Thanks to our guests, Ian Parker, Ray Longo, Luca Fury, and of course the man putting it all together. Our executive producer, Cody Merrow. We'd be lost without you, buddy. Can't flow. Have a great fucking week. I'll see you in Florida. Thanks Big you, hug. Man. Until next week, folks. Thank you all for listening. Tell your friends. Appreciate every last one of you. We will see you from Houston. Let's go. Yo later. Trademarks owned by Becklass A B to C V twenty twenty four proximo Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.